You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Well, good morning. Um, If we haven't had a chance to meet before, my name is Sam. I serve as one of the pastors here at CA Church. And uh, so fun to get to open up scripture and, uh, and learn in God's presence together this morning. Um, Our teaching text today is Psalm 139. So if you have a Bible with you, a Bible handy, why don't you take it out right now and turn to 139, Psalm 139. And uh, while you're turning there, I'll just mention in case you're new or you've missed the last few weeks, um, we are currently in a prayer series. Um, We are, you know, in week one, we leaned into the idea of of how do we learn to hear God's voice? And Ryan preached that message, just looking for God and, and looking for where we can hear him through scripture and through meditation, and we talk through different aspects of that. Last week, Pastor Brad preached about what it looks like to, to bring our petitions before the Lord. How do we talk to God? And I, I wasn't here, but I listened on the podcast, and actually really funny. It was a really good talk. I love that community groups that we can all relate with, kind of waiting to pray. And, uh, and then today, we're going we're gonna to talk about how to find God in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life how to find God in the ordinary. So why don't you grab your Bibles? If you could stand with me for the reading of God's word. Psalm 139. It's also going to be on the screen. Oh yeah, it already is. We'll start reading in verse one. Here's what it says. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. 
Amen. You can take a seat. Well, I, uh, I woke up this last Monday ready to win the day. My alarm went off just after 5 at 5.02 to be specific. And I don't tell you that to impress you with how early I wake up. But just to kind of give you a picture of the zeal I had on Sunday night about what this week was going to look like, the kind of productive week I was going to have. So my alarm went off playing the little jingle that it does to tell me it's time to get up, it's morning. The unfortunate thing about this specific morning was that sleep patterns are super unpredictable when you have small children. (laughs) And so I'd been woken up several times throughout the night by both of our kids for different reasons. Bad dreams, Harper lost her soother in her crib. Some days I feel like they're almost tagging each other in, like Kinsley says to Harper, I'll take one and three, you take two and four. But let's just make sure that mom and dad don't get more than 90 minutes of REM sleep tonight. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I I woke up at at 5.02 debating whether or not I should put off my morning routine and find another time to go to the gym, which is just code for completely put it off, work out tomorrow. But after a few seconds of internal debate, like, should I get up, should I not? I decided that this was going to be a week of discipline. No excuses, sleepy or not, I was going to get up and go. And so I got out of bed, I splashed some water in my face, and I made my way to the kitchen. I have a pretty ritualistic coffee routine, which includes pouring hot water over a single origin bean that I ground the night before, and and after a few moments of silent prayer as the coffee drips through. (laughs) Before I take, a, then I take a sip of coffee and I start my day. Now, I'm not going to bore you with every single moment of Monday, January 15th, but I do want to zero in on a few different moments throughout the day. Let's jump ahead to when I got to work. I had some high hopes for my work day and what that was all going to look like. This was a particularly busy week for me. Um, I had a board meeting on Tuesday night, and I was facilitating a, a funeral on Friday. I was preaching here on the weekend. And on top of that, there was community group. It was my wife, Jorley's birthday, and we had a celebration with friends later on in the week. And so I knew I needed to start getting things done right away. And Mondays are often good for that, just like starting the week strong. And, and so I started checking things off my to-do list. And uh, by 9 a.m., though, a whole bunch of staff started to come into work, and it seemed like everyone had something urgent that they needed from me. And so people started streaming into my office, asking little questions and and catching up and those sorts of things. And before I knew it, it was already time for me to head home. And I'd stroked only three things off my page-long to-do list. And then at that point, it was, by the time I realized that, it was time to go home and sub Jorley out so she could take our oldest daughter to gymnastics. And so I had some daddy-daughter time with with Harper. And and so I I love those moments together, the daddy-daughter times. And as she woke up from her nap, I took her out to the park to her favorite activity right now, which is just time on the swing. And so just standing there, swinging her. And after about 20 minutes there, she, she indicated that she had had enough and that she wanted to get out. She's just under two, so somewhat unverbal, but she can point and I know what she means. And so I took her out and right away she took off her mitts and she face planted in the snow. <laughs> And then she started to scream super loudly and cry for mom. And it seemed almost unconsolable. It felt like hours, but it was probably only minutes of me trying to calm her down. She's still screaming at the top of her lungs. And so I reached out my phone to, to, to grab it to, just to see what time it was and if I needed to start heading home. And I saw that I had a text from one of my friends. And it was a picture of him sipping on a cold IPA while his kids played quietly beside him. <laughs> and it had this hashtag, dad life. And so I snapped a photo of my very realistic dad life of Harper crying and just the mess that I was in, but just the comedic timing of that text. Now, there's so many more moments that I could 
pull from, from Monday of this last week. But as I lay on my pillow on Monday night, I just started to reflect on my day, how things had gone. You know, it felt like one interruption after another interruption, like pretty much nothing went like I planned. I just whispered these words to God, just almost under my breath. I just said, God, where were you today? Like, where were you while I was at work? And what were you teaching me as I struggled with my own attention span and when others were coming in, all the interruptions? Where were you during that walk with Harper? Or in the middle of the night as I was trying to console my kid and get her back to sleep? You know, I wonder, do all those ordinary moments matter to God? I remember as a kid, I would, I would look at my pastor who was preaching on a Sunday and there were different times where I would just imagine what his life looked like, kind of Monday to Saturday. And as a little kid, I just imagined it was like one long uninterrupted prayer meeting <laughs> with quiet worship music playing and the odd interruption from an angel. And you know, it is some of that stuff without the interruptions from angels. But, but, there, but there's also a lot of really normal stuff. I change a lot of diapers and I wash a lot of dishes and I take my car to get oil changes, usually relatively on time. And I walk my dog and I wrestle with spending patterns and I work with our staff and I talk to my neighbors in the elevator. A lot of life is just ordinary tasks. And unless you have a butler or a nanny, I'd imagine your life is a lot like that as well. But what if... What if those normal, everyday, ordinary moments of life actually matter to God? What if he's not only concerned about the sacred stuff, like worship at church, or the taking of communion, or listening to a sermon on Sunday, but what if he's actually working in the midst of our very normal, even seemingly unspiritual moments of our lives? Like as you're fixing cars at work, or as you do IT support, or nursing, or coaching sports teams, or working with spreadsheets? What if God is coming to us through conversations at work or with a friend or through a guest at the winter shelter? What if he has something to say in the middle of the night as you're consoling your child and trying to get them to go back to sleep? Is he present in the midst of laughter over a good meal with friends or even in the brushing of our teeth? See, scripture would suggest that God is with us, always moving all around us. He's not hiding. He's, he's actively moving and involved in our day-to-day, -day, right there in plain sight. But sadly, many times, we miss him. It's easy to miss God moving and speaking all around us. The presence of God is something that David, the psalmist, seemed to be very aware of. And we see that especially in Psalm 139, which we read together just a moment ago. So let's look down again at, at Psalm 139, verse 1, in those first few verses. This is what David says. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. See, David seems to have this awareness of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. In other words, he recognizes that God doesn't, 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 that he doesn't do a single thing without God's presence with him and beside him. He says, when I, when I wake up in the morning, when I open my eyes and I have bad breath and messy hair, <laughs> you are right there with me. When I stop for lunch and I take out that sandwich and I drink that stale coffee, you are there. David says, even before I say a single word in the day, you know the thoughts that are in my mind. 
And I want you to notice, this is good news for David. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. The recognition of God with him at all times, every moment of the day, it's not something that brought fear or shame. Like, oh, he's watching me. I better be good. No, it's not like that. David was, was so aware of God's presence and he, and he presents it as this announcement of hope. He says, a knowledge of, t- it's too wonderful for me to comprehend. That you would know everything about me, God. That you would know my successes, but you'd also see me in the worst moments, like the the real failures, and you would still love me. Wow. He recognizes God's presence with him in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. Secondly, in the psalm, we see David's aware of God leading him and guiding him through even the dark and scary seasons that he encounters. He says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. Notice this, that level of trust in God. He sees God as his refuge and his guide in the midst of storms of life. David also has this, this, this security of his own identity. He has this awareness that he is fearfully and wonderfully made and, and that he's an object of God's love and attention. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. I wonder, when's, when's the last time that you looked in the mirror and you said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made? that you looked at your face in the morning and you said, God, you did a great job making this face. (laughs) And that sounds so silly and maybe it is, but we are image bearers of God. Like just like my kids look like me. Well, they look mostly like their mother, thank goodness, but they look a little bit like me. Just like we look like our parents. We also look like God as his children. We are image bearers of God. And as a, as a result, every single human being is made with immeasurable value and worth. And that includes you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So stop the negative self-talk. I also love that David is so confident in God that God has these thoughts towards him. I wonder, do, do you realize that God thinks about you? That many of God's thoughts are towards you, not only about you, but many of his thoughts are. You are not a burden to God. He looks at you with fondness and with delight. We see in this psalm that David is also aware that his destiny is secure in the hand of God. Look at verse 15 and 16. He says, My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. I just love this sense of, of security that David has in his identity. And this is one of the reasons that I think the Christian story is so superior to all the different stories that are at play in the marketplace of religion or even just in our culture today. The Christian story says that you are not here by chance. That whether your parents planned you or not, that God planned you. And that he ordained every single one of your days. That he knit you together in your mother's womb that your future, it is absolutely secure in his hands. And remembering that truth for me just brings so much peace in the midst of my everyday. Remembering that absolutely nothing is wasted. 
that he is using everything that I go through, the mountaintops and the valleys, the great things, the exciting moments, the, the days that are full of life and the days that don't quite go as planned. He's using it all for my good and for the flourishing of my soul. Here's another thing that we see in Psalm 139. That in prayer, David has this place to let out all of his anger and anxiety. I want you to see just the honesty in these words. David writes, If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak about you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. You know, notice... David invites God into his anger and the feelings that he has towards other people. Now, it might be important to say that this is not scripture condoning hate and anger towards other people. Jesus has a lot to say about hate and what it does to our own hearts and to the people around us. But what I think this psalm is showing us is that the appropriate place to bring those things, to bring that stuff and pro tip, it is not to social media so you can rally support and rant. And it's not to, to our friends so that we can gossip and slander or tear down the people that, that have hurt us. But the best place for us to bring our frustrations and our hate and our hurt and our anxieties is to God in prayer. To roll it all onto God and trust that he is our righteous judge. That he is the one that's going to make all things right. Okay, here's a question that I think is worth us considering. Is are we living a, a Psalm 139 kind of life? Like, do those observations that we made about Psalm 139, do they describe the typical experience that you have walking, walking with God in your everyday? And to be clear, my question isn't, are we living a perfect life or a life without sin? Because the answer to that is absolutely no. None of us are. But that's actually not what Psalm 139 is about. I'm asking, do we recognize God and include him in the highs and the lows of our days? Like, do we regularly notice him at work all around us? Do we bring our sins before him in prayer? For some in this room, I think the answer could be yes. Like there are some amazing pillars in our church, some mothers and fathers in the faith who have been following Jesus for decades and have submitted so many of their area, the areas of their life to him and grown in such intimacy with him. And so it's possible that there are some people here who would say, yeah, I do really recognize God and, and bring these kind of things before him on a regular basis. But for others, and even maybe for many of us, rather than living in awareness of God's presence all around, him, around us, I think we can easily forget God for multiple days of the week. Maybe rather than experiencing God and, and the safety and the security that he brings in the midst of darkness and scary seasons, we feel alone in the midst of our anxieties and stresses. For a lot of people that I know, when they look in the mirror, they don't say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. What they see when they look in the mirror is an endless list of imperfections and shortcomings. I wonder if anyone could relate to that. And rather than bringing anger and frustration to God, it can feel really good to air our grievances on Facebook or X or in the break room at work. Hey, if you identify more with that second list that I just shared than what we see from David in Psalm 139, Welcome to church. <laughs> you are in such good company. And we are all in process of learning to follow Jesus in our everyday. But here's my question. How can we actually begin to embody some of those characteristics? Like how do we cross over into a Psalm 139 kind of life and begin to experience God fully in, in the midst of our everyday? 
Well, I think that the crux of this whole psalm is those final two verses that David shares. Verse 23 and 24. Here's what he says. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's some work by John Mark Comer and Richard Foster that was really helpful for me in the shaping of these, these, these next thoughts. But that word testing or test me that David says, it comes from the Hebrew word bahan, which is typically used to talk about like the, the testing of metals or the refining and kind of getting the impurities out of a metal. And that word can also be translated as examine. So some of your Bibles might even read, uh, examine me, O God, and, and know my anxious thoughts. But I wonder, what does it look like, whether it's examine or test or, or whatever the word is, what does it look like to invite God into our, to, to, to encounter us in that way, to test us, to examine us, to know our anxious thoughts? Like, how do we do that? How do we become aware of him all around us? Well, the short answer is prayer. But did you know that there's actually a prayer that Christians have been using for several centuries to, to, to encounter God in this way, to bring their lives before him and to experience him in the ordinary. It's called the prayer of examine. And I think the, uh, the ushers may have, the greeters may have passed out a little card to you on your way in. You can grab that if you want. Our team put that together for you this last week. And, uh, and I think it's just helpful for outlining some of the steps um, of the prayer of examine. But here's the thing. The prayer of examine is nothing fancy. <laughs> But it's a way of praying that specifically seeks to find God in the ordinary moments of our lives. It's a way of praying that was first introduced by a guy named St. Ignatius of Loyola. Has anyone heard of him before? St. Ignatius of Loyola? Yep. In his early years of life, um, Ignatius was this wealthy, secular, almost playboy. He was, like, he was known to brawl with people and, and uh, just an overall bit of a bad boy. But at a certain point in his life, he got really sick and he ended up spending about nine months in, on bed rest. And he spent that at his parents' home, just lying in bed. And as he was lying in bed with no Netflix or Wi-Fi or social media, imagine life, a sick day without a cell phone. Uh, but the silence and boredom that he experienced actually served as this sort of catalyst for his relationship with God. And so he started this practice. Before he would fall asleep at night over that nine-month period, he just started to reflect on his day he started to look at what brought him a sense of consolation, or you could say a sense of closeness with God. And then he looked at what brought him desolation, or a sense of kind of farness, distance from God. And he would do these daily reflections, which would later be called the prayer of examine. And it became this powerful place of, of encountering Jesus. Day after day, week after week, year after year, Ignatius would find Jesus in these times of prayer and reflection before bed. See, Ignatius had discovered that it's oftentimes a lot easier to find God when we look back than kind of in our present moment. That there's something about looking back that, that enables us to see this thread of God's grace and his love towards us. That's why they say hindsight is twenty twenty. But Ignatius is, is also, he, 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 he also taught that as we grow to look and find God in our past through reflection, we also start to grow in finding God in our present. We start to hear him speak on the sky train or while we're out shoveling snow, or eating ramen in our, in our room or in our kitchen, or whatever your day-to-day -day looks like. Ignatian, Ignatius believed that in this practice, he believed in it so much that he would say, if you only have 15 minutes to spend with God in a given day, he would say, use it for the prayer of examine. And that's not right or wrong, it's just his opinion. 
But that's how much this practice was central to him. And then he would go on to lead an order called the Jesuit order, the Jesuit movement. Here's, here's a, an, a Jesuit author, James Martin. Here's what he said. He said, finding God in your examine makes you more likely to look for him during the day. You become more aware of God, where God was and where God is. Gradually, you realize that God is active every moment of the day. Finding God by looking behind you makes it so much easier to find God right in front of you. Now, maybe it's important to say that the prayer, prayer of examine is a tool. And that's all it is. It's a tool. It's a tool that can help us to look back, back on our lives and sift through our memories in order to see ways that God has been working and moving all around us. But there's no magical power associated with the prayer of examine. But it can be a helpful tool for learning to hear and listen to God's voice. So, as I said, you might have that card in front of you. If you wanted to recall that, if you didn't get one, you can grab one on the way out. But, but I do want to take a few moments to just kind of walk you through the steps. We don't often give out homework on Sunday morning. At least I don't think we do. Brad, do you have a? No. We don't do that too often. But this morning, I want to take the liberty of doing that and asking you, would you consider this week taking that little card? Maybe you can keep it in your Bible. And a few times this week, maybe just try just try practicing the prayer of examine and see if it might not be a place where you encounter the living God. So there's five simple steps. There's different variations if you, if you Google the prayer of examine in ways that people have described it, but this is the five steps that I use as I practice the prayer of examine. The, the first one is recenter. Then there's reflect, rejoice, repent, and reset, or you could say rest. I'll just share just a few short words on each of those steps. First, recenter. I don't know about you, but when I, uh, when I sit down to pray, a lot of the times I feel like my mind is just going a, a thousand miles a minute. And uh, I'm thinking about to-do lists and what time I got to pick up my kids and all the different things that are going on. And so it can be really hard for me to sit down and immediately kind of find myself in a meaningful moment of prayer. It's really helpful to intentionally recenter myself and refocus my attention on God. And so this is where it can, take a f it can be helpful to just take a few moments of quietness. To slow down your thoughts. Even slowing down your breath can be helpful. Just taking a few deep breaths. And recognizing that that breath was put into your, your body by God. That he is the one that gives breath to your lungs. So taking time to actually slow down. Maybe let's even take a moment to do that right now to just become aware, to recenter ourselves and become aware of God's presence with us. If you're comfortable, you need to close your eyes for a moment with me and just focus your attention on God, the one who flung the galaxies into existence. He is here with us right now and he wants to speak to you. He loves you. He wants to know you and he wants to be known by you. You take a few deep breaths. Recognizing his presence with you. You can open your eyes. We're not going to walk through every single step this morning. Um, but as you, that's kind of what it could look like if, if you practice this tonight as you begin to just center yourself. Simply what it is, just refocusing your mind 
on the presence of God. The second step is reflect. This is simply where you, you just think through the things that happened in your day. Try to replay it almost like a movie in your head. As you, as, as you do that, try to notice what, what moments, where did you have strong emotions that you felt? Or where, where did you maybe act in, in ways that even surprised you, whether good or bad? We've put some guiding questions on the, the little card, and so you can take advantage of that and look at that. But the big idea here is you're looking, where did I feel most connected to God in and through my day? Where did I feel connected to God and to others? And where did I feel least connected to God and to the people around me? So you're just thinking through the day, asking the question, Holy Spirit, where might you have been moving? God, where might you have been moving in and through my day? Step three is rejoice. You know, gratitude is so important in the life of a believer and just for our souls in general. And so we want to take a few moments to thank God for the specific things that brought joy to us. Maybe you recalled it as you reviewed your day and thought through the different moments. And these don't have to be big things. This could simply be like the taste of lasagna. God, thank you for the, the taste buds that you put in my mouth. You know, it can, it can be whatever. Um, maybe, but maybe think, thinking through today, and, and maybe it didn't go the way that I hoped it would go, but what can you be thankful for from today? Even t- just taking a time to, to thank God for his presence with you through the day, whether you recognized it or not. Then the next step is to repent. Where did you maybe miss the mark today? Where did you lose your temper, maybe, Say something that you wish you hadn't said. or Where did you act compulsively, maybe out of past hurts rather than out of love? And after you've brought those things before God, your sin, your failure, your shortcomings, then take time to acknowledge the forgiveness that Jesus has on offer. Scripture says that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has moved our transgressions from us. That as we confess our sin to him, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so take time to, to bring those memories of sin from the day to, our, to the forefront of your mind and then drop them at the foot of the cross and receive the, the forgiveness that Jesus brings. And then lastly is reset. In this step, you want to you ask this question. You want to say, is there something precise, Holy Spirit, that you might want to draw my attention to? Like, how should this time of reflection shape my tomorrow? And then you want to ask God just to give you the courage to live into that, to give you the grace you need to live those things out. That's it. That is the prayer of examine. And the whole thing probably should take about 10 to 12 minutes. And maybe you hear that and you're like, 10 to 12 minutes of prayer? How would I ever do that? Um, And if that's where you're at, I would say just start with one of the steps. (laughs) Maybe where you get tonight or tomorrow, if you take out this card and begin, is you just do that two to three moments of recentering yourself and becoming aware of God's presence. But maybe that's two or three minutes more of prayer than you did yesterday. So that's a win. <laughs> that's awesome. Just taking a moment. Maybe you get through step one and step two. A pastor named Rich Volotis, he said, if your mind gets distracted a thousand times in 10 minutes of prayer, it's a thousand opportunities to come back to the loving presence of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. And so don't get hard on yourself if, if, you, if you get distracted or if your mind wanders. Just bring it back to Jesus and accept the grace and the love that he has on offer. Okay, so as we close, let me just say this. I think we all long to have more than a Sunday spirituality. Am I right? Like, I think we do. We really want to encounter Jesus, encounter God Monday through Saturday, to know his voice and, and to experience his peace. 
And I really believe that God is inviting us into that, to encounter him. And as corporately and individually we grow our prayer life, I think he will do just that, that he will present opportunities for us to encounter him. And my hope, my desire is that we would begin to become so aware of where God is moving in and through us and that we would align our hearts and our lives with him. We learn to hear his voice and then we would respond. Amen? Amen. Well, let's take a few moments to pray and then Marika's going to lead us in some response. God, I'm so grateful that we don't serve a God who created us and then left us on our own to figure things out, but that you are a God who is near, that you are a God who is with us, who continues to move in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. And so I pray for us as a community, for us as CA Church and even specifically Town Center Campus, that you would help us to be a people who know the voice of the Good Shepherd, who listen and respond. And God, I would even pray if for those who, who decide, hey, I'll give this a try. I'll, I'll pray the prayer of examine. I'll, I'll stretch a little bit and try something new. I just pray that you would meet us in those moments, even as we do it imperfectly and as we get distracted and as we, all those things, that you would just meet us, that we would begin to see you at work all around us. Thank you for your love and for your grace. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.